Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G and Caroline B. This is the midweek special. How did we get to the middle of the week already, Caroline? I don't know. It's insane. (laughs) My bones are hurting today, guys. Like, it's been two days now of home projects, home renovation, all the stuff we talk about. I'm doing it my place and my bones hurt. My body hurts. You're going to have, you're getting behind, out behind the desk and <laughs> getting some dirt on. Yeah, yeah you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so many things. So I think your latest battle today was electrical, right? Oh my gosh. We had, you know, all this stuff we talk about on the show is so real and so every day. I mean, we pulled out a window and we ended up finding water pipes within the wall. So just like yep. out in the cantilever, like they could have froze at any time and broken. Like nobody even knew they were there. At some point there was a <laughs> sink and the water uh, pipes were welcome there. Welcome to old houses. Oh my God. And then we found the electrical was completely boffed. So that was going all around the, uh, the wrong direction, not code above the door. So all of that had to be changed and uh, yep. fun stuff. Fun stuff. And then you need a new panel, it sounds like. A little service upgrade. Yeah, let's talk about that because we were talking about what do you upgrade to and what's really yeah. enough with all the technology and all of the electric you're going to have to have to talk about. And I'll let you talk about that because you had such good points being Mr. Technology that you are. Well, yeah, I've done the service upgrade stuff before and it sounds like you have like 150 amp and you need at least a 200 amp. Because right? we're, Is that what your electrician? Right. So, cause we're going to put in a swim spa and then we're potentially thinking about upgrading the furnace to be a heat pump. And these things you have to think like when you're doing this upgrade, like what am I going to need? And then you brought up a whole other ball of wax, if you will. Well, and here's the thing. Sometimes 200 is not nearly enough on a decent sized house because when you start looking at it, you know, you've got maybe a, um, let's say you've got a a water heater, electric water heater, because, you know, they're trying to push everybody from gas right now. So if you've got a water heater and you've got a car charger, you've got a swim spa or a hot tub, you've got an oven, a dryer and a heat pump, all of a sudden you can get up to 200 amps really quickly. And, oh, wait a minute. You still got to power the rest of the house. Unbelievable. I mean, really? So, I mean, you, I mean, typically you hear about 200. I mean, that's what I'm familiar with, but can you go higher and how high can you go? Oh, yeah. and what's safe? Is it safe to go to have 400 amps yeah, coming you, into your house? Well, it's, it's the same. I mean, they're just bringing in more power to it. So it's just more load coming into it. So the, it's all safe. I mean, you look at a hospital and that's got, you know, like 
you know, three phase, basically what you see it on the, on, on the, uh, on the pole outside is coming into the building. So, I mean, it's, that's perfectly safe as well, but it's just depending as, you know, they got to put it in there and make sure you've got enough. Many times you'll see over 200 amp service coming in when you've got two huge panels sitting right next to each other, which is pretty easy. Now, when we've switched to LED bulbs, that sure helped because you don't have to have as many, you know, yes. amps pulling on lighting circuits and things like that. But, you know, when you do a kit tree model, all of a sudden you can fix, you can fill up that panel really quickly. And man, if you're putting in a steam shower where there's another 30 amps, I mean, it just keeps going and going. So many times the electrician will look at it and go, ah, you know, if you're going to put all that stuff in, you might need more than a 200 amp service because, the last thing you want to do is overheat that panel. And what's interesting is sometimes you have to change the line coming into the house. Like you have to change the meter. Mm-hmm. You've got to change your panel box. So you have to start thinking yeah. about, you know, expense wise, you know, I had electricians out. It wasn't cheap and they were there just to do something simple. Two guys came out and ching ching. Yeah. I think my panel upgrade, cause I had one of the Cutler hammer uh, split main panels that was really bad that are the fire ones that you see uh, that were out of the sixties and seventies. I had one of those and that was very close to being a fire. Uh, The Bakelite pieces on the inside had heated up. It was really close and we swapped that out. I think my electrician here was about 6,500 bucks Mm. for the panel swap out, which is, and we had to move it and do some stuff, but yeah. And uh, I'm in the New York Metro area. So I'm, I think we could probably jack up that price, probably at least two grand. I don't know. We're waiting to see. Well, keep in mind I think that eight, was two years ago. Yeah, so. he said uh, he was talking about about eight thousand. What was interesting is if anybody out there has an older home and you get the flickering of the lights, we were talking about like the older panels. You'll plug something in, mm-hmm. you know, say you, I don't know, you're plugging in an extra vacuum or a sauna or whatever you're plugging in. You'll see this flicker. And he was explaining that a lot of the time when you up the ampage, that will help the flicker. He goes, not all the time. Sometimes it's still just the older houses have this weird kind of uh, quirk. But he said that a lot of the time when you do up it, you won't get that flickering anymore. So that's good to know. Yeah. What can happen is, is that wire is not, you know, uh, maybe the, the, if it's got fabric on the outside, which is more of a 40, 50s kind of thing, but you know, mostly in the 60s and 70s, they were starting to use Romex at that point. I forget what year they started doing it, but long story short, yeah, you can be overloading that circuit. That's when you start to see flickers and stuff as well. And it might not be hurting or causing too much heat, but you think about it when you turn on a vacuum, there's a starter on it that's that that has to get the motor moving the for juice. it to go. And that's where you see that initial dim, like when you hit like a tool, like a saw or a vacuum or anything like that. There's that initial start that pulls lots of quick amperage and then the motor's going and it uses very little. It's that first start that usually will flicker because you're pulling, you know, a lot of amps right off the bat, which of course dims other amp sensitive things like LED lights and things like that. Yeah. So hopefully, even though it's a big project and again, money that you're not expecting to spend, but sometimes you got to do it. Because you can't get other things done. Now you will have to put in the new arc fault breakers and not just the regular breakers. And so those are a new special kind of breaker that I think National Code brought in in 2021 that says you have to have the arc faults. Now they're really cool because they are safer, but 
if you thought that you had problems with maybe that hairdryer or curling iron kicking off the GFCI, oh, wait, hold my beer. Those are even more sensitive to things like that in motors. So you will traditionally have to go shut off. Um, you have to reset those a lot more than you will a normal, a normal like GFCI or just a regular outlet. I learned something know, new breaker. today. I like to share. And probably everybody knows this, but I, I'm not an electric person. So like that is not my forte, but there's something in there called a bubble which protects your water heater. Have you heard about this? It's it's like, I guess it's code and it has to sit inside there. And he talked about this bubble and I, and I was kind of, I'm like, what is that? And he's now like, there's a pressure expansion tank that you put in. That's a, it's a little metal. Um, it's required in a lot of areas, not in all areas, but it's a, it's a uh, little tiny pressure expansion tank that looks like a little you know, well tank that goes in there. That's probably the size of a little smaller than a five gallon bucket usually. Mm. And you put that in there. So that gives you a place to expand and contract with it. No, he was and talking about something with regards to the water heater and he kept calling it a bubble. He's like that you have to have huh. this bubble. And I'm like, I, I, I was like, I think he's probably talking the expansion tank. Cause that's kind of got a, that's got a diaphragm in it. Like a well pump does with that th- system. And what that does is when, you know, when you think about it, when water heats, it expands and it's got to go someplace. So instead of raising the pressure higher in your system, that's what that um, expansion tank does. And so that keeps it from getting too much pressure, gives it a place for that to expand to without you losing water pressure. Is that, no, but is that in the, he was talking about it in the actual board, in the actual wall. Not like in my well tank. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't about. either. Not so, for a water somebody heater. Somebody look nothing, it up. I want not, our, some one of our no, audience look it up. There's no, there's no bubble or anything in the panel. That's weird. I don't know what he's talking he's about. He's calling it so. a bubble. I'm like, what is that? He's like, oh, you got to make sure you have this bubble in there. I'm like, oh, okay. I think he's pulling your leg. I don't know. Was, everybody was there. I think he was pulling your leg. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, you, you have to have your, you know, you have to have, you know, the panel hooked up correctly. But there is no, I mean, you've got a regular breaker to run an electric water heater. So there's nothing special with that. So who knows what he's talking about? I got a feeling he was pulling your leg. I don't know. He wasn't talking to me. So I just overheard. (laughs) I don't know. I'm Googling it. I think he was pulling somebody's leg. That's that's not a thing, if you know what I mean. But uh, well, cool. I wanted to talk today a little bit about some of the top tips out there for people with homeowners insurance, because here's my question for our audience out there. Here's a question for you. When was the last time you updated your homeowners insurance? I did. When was the last time you looked at it? Because in my area, my house has almost doubled in price from when I bought it. And so if you're not making that evaluation every year with some of these huge increases, you could be in a world of hurt, especially where we've got things that take so long to go back to normal with a house. And also with- And it could be a huge deal. With mold, you have to make sure that you put a rider. Most of these policies are no longer covering mold. So you get into it thinking, oh, if I get a broken pipe, if I get a flooded basement, no worries, I'm going to be covered. Absolutely not. You have to make sure and call up and add a rider. And these riders are not expensive. I mean, you're talking about maybe a total of like $20, $25 added to your policy that it can increase your coverage by like $15,000. So you should definitely look into it and make sure you put it on there. Yeah. And make sure, you know, every state is different. So make sure that you understand what your state's 
rules and regulations are because how they do insurance in one area is completely different when they do it in another state. But the one thing I want you to really think about is on your homeowner's insurance, before we get into any of the other stuff on it, and I'm watching this down the street. So I've got a house that burnt down probably no. 45 days ago and it burnt through the roof it's and terrible. it sat there. So it's been 45 to 60 days right now. And they finally got it to the point where they took the, all the trash roof system up. All there are is walls that are framed and you can see they've gutted everything and got it cleaned out but they haven't even started the rebuild process and they're two months into it. So that tells you that up to that point, they probably have another four to six months before they're back in this house. So you want to make sure that your insurance company one has gotten that figured out that they do have enough coverage for you to spend six months to a year out there. And here's what the biggest problem is, is if you're in a natural disaster area, let's say, so let's say it wasn't just one house. Maybe you're in the Midwest and you had a tornado and it took out the neighborhood. Yep. That replacement cost could be 20 to 40% even more because of the demand of builders in that area mm -hmm. to rebuild these homes. Absolutely. So you really want to make sure that you've got that guaranteed replacement cost coverage. And that's a key word there is that guaranteed replacement cost coverage Whatever that replacement cost is, they're going to pay it versus have to do six months of the dance of them going, well, it's just because there's, no, you're not paying for that. That's their job. 100%. And we've seen it time and, and time again, too. This has been going on. Oh, yeah. So make sure you got it. I mean, the replacement cost now, if you haven't looked at your policy in two years, I can just about guaranteed you're underinsured. And then here's an interesting one. Did you know that in... In the U.S., that only about 15% of all homeowners have flood insurance. Yes. And so that's pretty crazy that so many people are not insured for flood. I thought, too, there's certain areas that demand it and then you have to have it. Mm -hmm. But then there's other areas, if you want to get it, they don't let you get it. It's depending. Like my house, um, there is, I mean we're calling no on the ark if I get flooded here, but many times, you know, you have to get it in certain areas. There's some areas, I mean, it's, it's a whole FEMA thing where they've got, you know, where the hundred year flood is and all these things. So you have to really look into that and make sure um, what you're doing is correct. And that's something to talk to your agent about, but there is also, uh, you know, most people get their flood insurance through the National Flood Insurance Program, which is NFIP. And you can also get it private market, but usually that's one of the better places to go. But they've got a new pricing system. They've done this last year, so it should be a little bit more affordable. But, you know, it's something to be very careful with because that can be very expensive if you don't, because not all natural disasters are covered. You know, if I have a earthquake here. I hope you got earthquake insurance because earthquakes most of the time are not covered. Now, if you live along the coast on the East coast, you might have to have hurricane coverage. Check your policies. You have a wind coverage for that. So make sure you've got the right coverage for the right plan and for your, for your neighborhood and where you're at. Absolutely. Wow. So lots going on for me. Well, you were talking about <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you were talking about writers. That's another good one is that, um, like we talked about, home insurance only covers certain water damage and leaks, but definitely not all of them. Well, and I think it's so, kind of becoming like, it's kind of like car insurance, right? You can get the basic, mm-hmm. like in our state, you can get the basic minimum, but you know, you're only going to be covered for major catastrophic issues, but then you yep. can pay more and get a lot more for your coverage and make sure that if you have a soft tissue injury, you can sue for that. Or if you have something that happens to you, that's, you know, you don't have a, you're not missing an appendage, but you've got some sort of minor injury that creates a chronic problem. You can go after them. It's the same with homeowners. People think, oh, I'm just going to get this policy. That's all that's offered. But when you really dig deeper into it, there's a lot of other options you have that you can add on to that policy in in the form of a rider. Yeah. You can get stuff like for some pump failure and sewer backups. There's a lot of different stuff with that. But, uh, and then one thing too, I want you to keep in mind is, is when you notice there's a leak, if you're going to turn that in for the insurance company, um, make sure that you gone after it and did the best thing you could to stop that leak. Uh, many times a leak that's been going on for months and months isn't going to be coverage because you missed it as a maintenance item and you didn't take care of it. So it's one thing to have a pipe break, but if you've had a refrigerator leaking for, you know, six to eight months and you just finally caught it many times, that's not covered. No. And that's coming out Homes of your are a plethora of stuff. My mind's fried. <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then, yeah. And then make sure, make sure you got your liability coverage correct too. That's a big one because you know, if you've got, it can be somebody as stupid as that little bump in the sidewalk out front, somebody trips on it because maybe your tree's pushing the sidewalk up and somebody trips and all of a sudden they're yelling at you and you got a lawsuit against her for somebody getting hurt on your sidewalk. It can be that stupid. Or how about the FedEx guy stepping on your, if you have those caps on top of your, say you have a retaining wall and you don't glue down the cap and the caps loose and the FedEx guy goes flying. That's, I've seen it happen so many times. Yep. Guess what? It's your fault. Oops. (laughs) I'd tell the FedEx guy not to walk on my retaining wall. Use the walkway. I think you're safe there. But any Yahoo can see you for anything. So that's the thing you got to be careful with. I mean, somebody can bump into you in a parking lot and all of a sudden there's a $100,000 deal. The other thing is too, is that, um, think about the, take an inventory of what you got in your house. Could you make a list? And I had this when my, when my garage got broken into, geez, 12, 15 years ago, came home and somebody had hooked a chain up to my garage doors and they were laying on my driveway and all my tools were gone. And uh, it was hard mm. to remember all the stuff that I lost. What you have. So. A hundred percent. So maybe. And yeah. who does? I mean, I don't make a list of all of it. And we should. Like, especially the most expensive items and the things that are really just not replaceable. It's smart. Maybe you want to go through and, and uh, you know, maybe every six month or quarterly, you go through with your cell phone and do a walkthrough. You know, it'll get saved up in the cloud anyway. But you've got it so you can go through your house and just kind of look, open up cupboards see what you got, you know, walk out in the shed, the garage, crawl space, attic, just. Even take pictures. That's a good thing. Like you just reminded me, like take pictures of the area and then you can go back and look and be like, Oh, the cool thing with videos is you've got the the whole area and it's also something that could stand up in corks. It's got a timestamp on it. So if you had to go back and say, Oh, this is all the stuff that I had, you can make that claim and go, Oh yeah, I remember that cabinet. It had this, 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 and this in it. And you're going to do a better job of remembering it. So the nice thing with if you just shot one big 10 minute video, you've got it and you've got it from almost all angles. Cause you can literally walk in the room, 
slowly spin around, go to the next one, open up anything as you go through, pop open the closets, and you can do a pretty quick inventory without having to take a bunch of pictures and you've got it all in one context. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a good one. Good advice, yeah. my friend. There's a lot of those things to that. and uh, you got a lot of good advice yeah, today. Thanks. It's rolling. It's one of those, you know, I'm thinking about <laughs> house prices today. I'm like, you know, we haven't talked about insurance in a while. So that's a good one to dive into. That's a good one to dive into. So cool. So what's next on your house, Caroline? No, I don't know. You know, I got an accident. I had an accident this weekend, which was not fun. So I'm injured and. And you got that weird New Jersey. You got that weird New Jersey tort law stuff out there too, which is weird. That's what I was talking about. Like I was explaining to Eric, like in our state, it's so vastly different from other states, but that's why you have to look at policies and you do get what you pay for. Like a lot of people just say, I'm not going to go with the full tort. I, I don't need it. But it gives you the options that if you have a soft tissue injury or those types of things that sometimes, you know, they don't, there's nothing you can do about them. You get chronic migraines, but you didn't lose an appendage. You, someone didn't die. You didn't have massive um, surgeries. So. Yeah. You know, it's, you got to look at your policy. I mean, it does save that tort stuff does save you guys money. Cause there's only six ways that, you know, like there's only six ways with that you can sue somebody with that, but still, uh, it's not like Florida. I, I don't know. You go to Florida and I go on vacation down there. Like I was a couple of weeks ago, every single news commercial is Smith, Smith and Smith injury law firm. I got them $400,000 from the accident on the freeway. And it's all it is is lawyers commercials through every nah. news and TV show. So there's a big industry down there compared to what you guys have going on there. Cause they've decided to limit it. Yep. I'm a, like, I'm a big believer in insurance, especially when it comes to your house and protection. So, you know, everybody has their own viewpoint, but I'm one of the people that will advocate for you to get as much insurance as you can, especially if, you know, if you don't have a lot in savings and your budget you know, it's going to be limited what you can do. So, yep. And it's just good to do. And then make sure every year or two that you're, uh, you know, that's, that's where having that personal insurance agent can help you because they might remind you that, Hey, they know in your area that your house could be very underinsured. So it's something to think about versus the big, that's huge. I mean, how many people have checked their policy? I mean, I haven't checked my policy and I mean, since before yeah. COVID and the, and the prices of lumber have gone Sky yeah, high. most materials now. I mean, you're looking, many materials are 20, 25% higher. Lumber's actually back down again, but it's a commodity market. So it's up again, down again. Um, you know, I was just looking for my buddy West today, pulling some materials for him. And uh, the plywood that he looked at last month is $6 a sheet less today than it was 40 days ago. You know, I couldn't get CDX today. Couldn't really? find it. Only AC. That's weird. Yeah. Where are we it going? Are we going to like, all the lumber yards or just uh, lumber yards? Home centers yeah. usually have it, but did you check there? Wow. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't. I, I usually go to okay. a lumber yard. I like yeah. to support local. Yeah, you know I do too. I Sometimes it's that's when I can't get it. I, that's where I have to go. But uh, oops, there. But I was shocked that they didn't have CDX, and uh, I couldn't get clamshell either. They only had pre-primed, which I don't like. I usually like natural clamshell. I couldn't get that. I think part of that is, is why you see inventories low is because with lumber prices falling, the lumber yards are trying to keep as small the inventory as possible. So what they do is they buy just enough to get through next week because they know the next mm. unit is going to be cheaper, right? So they buy less. And so when the new stuff comes in, they buy at a better price. When you see it's low, 
and the price starts to go up and they could see it's going to go up, they'll buy more inventory. They'll go, ah, instead of getting half a truck, I'm going to buy a rail car because they know they're getting it cheaper. Yeah, it makes so sense. So you start to see those trends. And so when the prices are like right now and they've been going down for 45 days, those lumber yards are like, ah, still has more to go. Still has more to go. We're going to be, we're going to dial it back and buy less. Well, we're not going to inventory a lot. So they, they try to stay on top of that because they, they can be more competitive. If they had bought a real car load of lumber and they're stuck with it where they paid, you know, $5 a sheet more than the lumber yard next door, they're losing a bunch of money or they've lost customers because the next lumber yard can buy it cheaper. Yeah. So. I still haven't found, um, by the way, if anybody has vinyl siding, which I, I, I typically don't like it, but on my under, my underhangs are out of my cantilevers. I have the house came yeah. with it, some vinyl. Cover. Oh yeah. You're in, you're in the, but s- these companies the for vinyl. They love to make like new and you can't get the old. So now I'm going to have to replace all the old stuff because I can't exactly. match it. Exactly. Ah, so fun. Got to do the whole outside now. Chasing around the building. Uh, All right, let's wrap it up. I hear the music. I'm Eric G. And I'm Caroline B. And you've been listening to Around Around the the House. It's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.